breathe out, two, three, four. Wellness is what can I do to best love myself? And it's you putting in the work to figure out those things. To me, that is self-care. I lived in so much fear of the world not loving me, hating me because I was gay. Welcome to Choosing Wellness, your podcast for practical advice about how to attain better physical and mental well-being so that instead of just surviving, you're thriving. Choosing Wellness is powered by Patterson Media. Now, this is just a snippet of what Choosing Wellness delivers each show. There's five segments giving you something a little different every time. I'm Linda Freeman. Come join the journey of Choosing Wellness. How to Choose Wellness The World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. Now, you can interpret that many different ways, but according to this definition, self-care pretty much includes everything related to staying physically healthy and really taking care of yourself so you can stay physically, mentally, and emotionally well. So I want to introduce everyone to Cassie Butcher who teaches women how to practice self-care unapologetically while building their self-confidence so they can live a peaceful lifestyle. I love how you've put that. Welcome to Choosing Wellness. How would you describe self-care? I love the definition that you actually started out with because I believe that that is self-care, but I think it's a little bit deeper. So yes, it's doing all of these things to care for your physical health, your mental health, and your emotional health. But the self-care aspect of it is figuring out what those specific things are pertaining to yourself. So what you need for physical wellness may not be what I need for physical wellness. So really that self-word is you doing the work to say, well, what is my physical wellness? What is my mental wellness? What is my emotional wellness? What is my spiritual wellness? Not what society is telling me that it is. It's me doing the work to figure out what can I do to best support my nervous system? What can I do to best love myself? And it's you putting in the work to figure out those things. To me, that is self-care. You made a good point there because you also mentioned self-love. And I think sometimes people ask the question, is self-care and self-love the same or are they different? They're different. Self-care is what you do because you love yourself. You're saying, hey, I'm doing the healing. I'm doing the inner work. I'm doing the therapy. I'm doing the nutrition because I love my body. And I know that if I don't put certain foods into it, my body's going to start to drag. I'm going to go get the mental support that I need because without this, I know that my mind is not going to be in its best state. Self-care is the things that you do because you love yourself, because you want to make sure you're okay. You want to live a life of really choosing yourself and putting yourself first and giving yourself that peace that you deserve. Do you think that that is why it's so hard for people to give self-care is because they don't 
love themselves enough or they don't feel that they're important enough to give themselves that self-care? Absolutely. And I don't think it's their fault. We live in a world that teaches us to serve other people first. Like just that whole word. It's self. Self-care is not for other people. So that's why when people get into the mode of saying like they feel guilty or oh my gosh, or this is selfish. And it's like, you're supposed to do this for yourself. And it feels uncomfortable because society teaches you to put everyone else first. That's why it feels uncomfortable. You didn't grow up being taught to put yourself first because that scene is rude. That scene is selfish. That scene is bad. When you, when you choose yourself, it doesn't benefit other people. You're now a threat to society. You're now a threat to the norm. And people are going to add negative connotations to the things that you do until it starts benefiting other people. How do we change the way we are? Like, can you guide us through the process of putting yourself first and not feeling bad about it? Something that I like to do with my clients is I like to start by unpacking why you don't put yourself first. And the more you unpack that, the more you realize you don't have a good enough reason not to put yourself first. And people are like, well, it's because I'm a mom. It's because I have kids or I have to do X, Y, and Z. But what I'm saying is you probably are not even going to be as effective as you want to be in that job, in that role, at your parenting, if you're not tending to yourself. Sometimes you really have to find that balance between remembering that you're a person before you're anything else. You don't become a parent and then all of a sudden lose access to regular human emotions. You don't become a mom and lose your right to get mad and lose your right to get sad and lose your right to be exhausted and lose your right to want to be left alone. You're human. You cannot stop human emotions from showing up in human experiences and recognizing that and being honest. Like, I do love my child, but I want like a day off. It's okay to not want to be around your partner or your kids or people sometimes. Sometimes we just want to be alone. There's a lot to it. There's a lot going on and it's your mental and your physical well-being and just wellness in general, eating well, exercising, all those things are important ways to give yourself self-care. So Cassie, how do you help bring self-care perspective to others? I literally help them recognize all the factors about themselves. And then once we work through that, let's develop a self-care game plan of strategizing of what are some things that you can do that you know, this is what makes me feel better or feel at ease, or this will allow me to take a pause, a break really quick. What are those things that you can do that you know can bring you back when you feel like you're falling off a ledge? Your journey is so much like so many, like you ended an emotionally draining and toxic relationships and that really helped you rediscover who you are and put you on the path to what you're doing and that is helping others you found your gift in your path through your own personal experiences and now you're sharing it with others for whoever is listening to this just dive into thinking about what is self-care for me and allow yourself to self-reflect allow yourself to step into self-discovery because then that's how you find your self-care game plan That's how you figure out what it is that you need to hear, to see, and to feel, to really operate in that aspect of wellness so you can start seeing more of the peace that you desire in your life. Beautiful. Thanks. For the full conversation with Cassie, check out Choosing Wellness, Self-Care is Not Selfish. 
health tag. Often in our lives, we can feel shame or guilt without a sense of safety for ourselves or even those we care about. Thomas Kevin Dolan has over 17 years of experience as a certified coaching expert. Thomas, it is so great to connect with you. I know for many people, there's a fear of being judged of not being liked, and of being bullied. And this can be a tough road, and a road you know well. I lived in so much fear of the world not loving me, hating me, because I was gay. There wasn't anybody to actually keep me safe. So I would find distraction. I would find mechanisms to be able to do that. When I began to do my work, when I did some therapy work, it was a therapist that said to me when he noticed I was looking for somehow the outside world to keep me safe. He said to me, Thomas, what would it be like for you to be responsible for your own safety? What would it be like for you to actually find some level of self-love for you? What would your world be like? I mean, I took a breath, and I remember feeling scared when he asked me that. Interesting, he's asking me about fear, and I'm feeling afraid. But I then realized, I said, there's only two places I can come from in my life. One is love, and one is fear. And I come out by that time and I said, because I chose self-love as a place to come from, I see now that my world is a reflection of more love. And when I've chosen or caught myself choosing fear, my world will reflect more of that back to me. And I think that's the case for a lot of people coming from that place of fear, fear of not being loved, of being judged, of saying the wrong thing and of not feeling safe. So how do we change? So the key would, first of all, be knowing that I now know I'm the one responsible for creating safety for myself. I mean, I know when I'm outside and the environment is not safe, it's still my work to get myself out of that. I was cultured into this notion of somebody else would actually keep me safe. And of course, when they didn't, it was tragic for me. But when I realized that they didn't even know that they weren't keeping me safe, I could let that go and then begin to move myself into this place of realizing that, oh, you mean it's me? I get to be the one to keep myself safe. Particularly as I moved into my formative adult years and did some work when I realized I came from fear so much and not love, landing on a strategy to be able to create safety for myself, knowing that I need to be grounded and knew who I was, present that to the world, kind of play in that energy for a little while, know who would hold me and love me and who wouldn't, let those that wouldn't love me go and really dive into those that would, it allowed me to realize that I do a really great job now of keeping myself safe. And I never hand that to anybody else. Not even my in, in my married relationship with my husband, he's not responsible for keeping me safe. It starts with the acknowledgement that you need to work on yourself. And this is such an important point. We often have the need to get something from someone else, that validation that I'm good enough, that I'm doing great. But that doesn't come easily, does it? No, it doesn't. It comes with grace, though. And then with grace, it does become easier. It will always be in this lifetime of mine for the incarnation, right? Being gay, there will always be this work. There will always be these little bit of triggers that would have me think that I'm actually not safe. When in fact, I've got all this evidence that suggests I am. But ultimately, the mantra for me is that only 100% of the time, I'm responsible for me. Now, that's a great statement and absolutely true. How do you use this in your coaching to help others? When I share that with clients and I'm coaching them with an invitation for them to lean into 
this responsibility for themselves. What's quite apparent is this notion of, and the story when somebody else is running your life or it's mom's fault or dad's fault or friend's fault or work's fault. You suck. I swear, these kids just don't even listen these days. You will always suck. I say to them, so the common denominator in all of that, mom, dad, work, friends, is what? And they'll eventually say, me. And I said, well, then what might be different for you if you took actually responsibility for a circumstance that you think you're the victim of or you're being victimized by and instead take your power back and live this way? Life is an inside job. It's not an outside job. We don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. We heal in community. Thomas, this is such a beautiful and strong statement. We heal in community. Now, can you talk a bit more about the power of words? What you said about words having consequences, and there is research around this. Yes, this scientific research that suggests that words have energy. The study was this, Wayne Dyer, kind of the father of transformation. So words are really important. And ultimately, I've never thought of our words, I've never put them into this same kind of a context, that our words are really decrees of what it is that we want to attract and what do we want to create in our life. I watched him here in Vancouver. He had a person up on stage and he said, there's this little arm test you can do to test whether or not we're being true in our lives. So you can whisper a lie, your arm goes down. You can tell a truth and nobody can push your arm down. So he said, I want you to put the word love on your chest. This woman put the word love on her chest. Wayne had to put her arm out because he couldn't push it down. It was her truth. He then put the word Hitler on her chest put the arm out immediately her arm was completely weak the science simply suggests that there's an energetic resonance with words love hate happy sad seriously it's fascinating to see the power of words now speak to the importance of how we talk to ourselves in the language that we use this idea of how we speak of ourselves the words we allow ourselves to hear from other people and what we do with them or don't do with them. I mean, the story of, of having the word fag hurled at me because I'd done my work and changed the energy and said, you know, I am that. I love that part of me. Nobody can ever use it against me. I've changed the energy of that word. The moment we are aware of what we let in in terms of language, the language that we use, literally the language that we wear on our clothing has everything to do with the energetic resonance that we pull into our lives from this amazing universe that we're all wandering in. Thomas, you're a ray of sunshine. Really, like everything you said, thank you. As I know this conversation is going to help many. Thank you. I think I'm complete. (laughs) To share in the discussion on today's episode, tag us using hashtag health tag. To catch the entire conversation with Thomas and more, check out Choosing Wellness, What's on Your Brain? Now, life is challenging, and choosing wellness in our daily lives may seem like adding to the already long to-do list, but together, we can make it easier. So add us to your favorites. You'll get a bit of everything to help you live your best life. I'm Linda Freeman. Let's connect again soon, as together, we take the journey of choosing wellness. You've been listening to Choosing Wellness, an initiative powered by Pattison Media, designed to inspire and motivate a healthy life. For more information on this program, go to everythinglifestyle.ca. Another Everything Podcast production. Visit everythingpodcast.com, a division of Patterson Media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast.